0: Good morning. I'm going to be reading from Psalms 80. Hear us, O shepherd of Israel, you who led Joseph like a flock. You who sit enthroned between the cherubims, shine forth before, before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Awaken your might and come and save us. Restore us, O God, and make your face, your face shine upon us that we may be saved. O Lord God Almighty, how long will your anger smolder against the prayers of your people? You have fed us with the bread of tears, and you have made us drink tears by the bowlfuls. You have made us as a source of of contention to our neighbors, and our enemies mock us. Restore us, O God Almighty, and make your face to shine upon us that we might be saved. Let your hand rest upon a man at your right hand the Son of Man that you raised up for yourself. Then we will not turn away from you. Revive us, and we will call on your name. Restore us, O Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine upon us that we might be saved.
1: Good morning. I am very excited to be back with you guys. Hold on, just Paul, will you mute me for a second? We're good. Hi. i um, so excited to be back with you guys. Um, so uh, Pastor, when Pastor Todd emailed and said, Hey, when would you like to come during Advent? And I said, I'm good anytime. Let me know. And so then he sent us all the schedule and my assignment was joy and Mary. And like I told you guys last year, if you were here last year, I like lament and i like john the baptist (laughs) so um and and so i say that jokingly but also like y'all this this was hard for me i i have not um todd and paul know this i i have not been super in a place where joy is where i'm hanging out lately i haven't been um normally i'll write um a sermon or or a curriculum or whatever i'm doing two, three weeks, sometimes even a month before, so then I can rewrite it a bunch of times because I'm that kid from school. And so, um, like yesterday, I'm still trying to finish, and I had a nightmare Friday night that I woke up, and it wasn't Saturday morning, it was Sunday morning, and I hadn't done it yet, and so I'm trying to finish writing it. Like, um, anyway, this was hard for me. Um because joy's not really where I'm living right now. And actually, that's kind of the point. And so, in the psalm that we just read, you have this repeated prayer of, restore us God, show us the light of your face and we will be saved. And it's, it's this prayer from a really bad situation, right? Um, it's, it's actually, it's, it's, a, it's a psalm of, of longing for, for all of these wrong things to be set right. Um, and so what does that have to do with joy, right? Um, so per usual, when when I'm just not feeling it, uh, and, I'm, and I'm trying to believe what I know is true, even though it feels like it's not, I went to a story that I like. Are you guys shocked by that? I know that you are. Um, So the first time I was here with you guys, I I talked about Anne of Green Gables, um, which is one of my favorite stories, but uh, my absolute most loved, most gone to, I think the most beautiful chapter in all of English literature is chapter 12 of The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, The Dark Island. And so I'm gonna just tell you real quick what happens because you may have seen like the old, like the movie that got made a, few, a while ago where there's like green smoke and that ain't it. So, so here's what happens. They're on a trip, right? They're on a journey and, um, and they're, they're headed to Aslan's country and, and on the way, they, they come across this darkness and for some reason they sail into it and uh, cause bad choices, and so they sail into this darkness, and they hear this this screaming, and and they they realize that there's a man who's been there's an island here in this darkness, and um and it's one of those things where like, you know you you go into it and and it's you know it's kind of a horror movie like all of a sudden the lanterns don't work and and like it's a it's not just a physical darkness, right? And and so there's a splash and screaming, and then suddenly they're pulling this crazy person onto their boat. Um, and he tells them, y'all got to get out of here. This is the island where dreams come true. And everyone says, oh, great. And he's like, no, dreams. And they're like, oh, no. And so um, so they all start to have this sense of their nightmares becoming real and present, right? And so all of these sailors, these grown men, these warriors are freaking out, and they're running in circles, and it's pitch black, and so they can't find the way out because they can't even see the light that they know is beyond the darkness that they came through. And Lucy, the youngest, the smallest, whispers, Aslan, if you ever loved us, help us. And suddenly there's a little light, and it gets closer and closer, and they realize that it's an albatross, a big white bird. And the albatross flies close, and and there's a light that comes from it, right? When the the lights of their lanterns haven't been able to, to to shine in this oppressive darkness. But there's a light from the albatross and it flies near Lucy. And the voice that she loves best in the world whispers the words to her courage, dear heart. And the albatross flies above the ship and, and its light radiates down onto the ship. And, and, it, and they stay in the light as it leads them out of the darkness. And once they come back out into the light of the sun, The albatross is still there. And then they turn around behind them and they realize that the darkness was real to them. That experience that they had was real. But the albatross has made it as though it never happened. And that's what this psalm is like to me. God, if you ever loved us, shine the light of your face on us so we will be saved and our fear, and our terror, and our horror, and our sadness, and our madness, and all of those things, they'll, they'll still be real and true, but you will make them less in the light of your face, and you will lead us out of them as we journey on into your eternal presence, right? So what is, what does that have to do with Mary? Uh Have you guys seen the sort of medieval paintings of uh, Madonna paintings right? Not like nineties Madonna, but Madonna Madonna in Latin um, and so it's it's Mary holding Jesus right and they both have a little halo thing around them right and and actually um it if you have a liberal arts degree that doesn't pay you any money but lets you know a lot of facts, um, those little halos in paintings, they show you different things, right? So, like, there's a triangle one. That's the thing that symbolizes God. And then the full circle is just for Jesus and for Mary. And then there's, like, the kind of, like, partsy circle that's, like, for saints, right? But, but here's what I think when I look at that little circle that's in those paintings. I think about whenever someone encounters a pregnant woman, they say, you're glowing, right? They say, and, and really it's like hormones and perspiration and stuff, but, but they say, you're glowing. There's, some, there's, there's something about your face, right? Or, or when you're watching a movie and someone's just had a baby and, and they kind of do like the fuzzy lighting that makes everything all sparkly, you know? And, and, and so that's what, that's what that picture is to me, is that it's, it's that glow of new life, right? And, and so when I was thinking about shining the light of your face on us, I was thinking about that kind of fuzzy, shiny, sparkly glow of a mom who's expecting her, of a new mom and her baby, God, when he um, talked about hope in the first week of Advent, talked about the promise that God made to Eve, right? That the curse of sin would be broken by, by a son that would be born by woman. And, and then what happens is every woman from Eve on bears the sign of that promise in their body over and over and over again. You have the possibility of a new life, and then it's and then, and then the death of that possibility and pain and the shedding of blood and then waiting for that possibility again, over and over and over again in, in the body of almost every woman for all of human history, all of Eve's daughters. And then sometimes that cycle of that sign is broken because that possibility of a new life becomes a new life. And so in Mary, we see not just the sign of that, like every other woman bears, and we don't see the little, the little promise, the little preview of it. Um, when I was a kid, I got very sick in high school, and I was having some hard conversations with doctors, and one of those conversations was, you will never, ever have any chance of having a baby, ever. And then I had a surprise baby. (laughs) And then they told me after he was born, you have less chance of ever, ever having a baby ever. Like less than zero chance, less chance than you did before. And then a decade later, I had another surprise baby. Um, and, And even though the reason that I was sick has not been healed, and I don't know that will be in this life, I have these little previews. Of that in my kids. Of, of God saying, This does not define you. This, this is not more powerful than my intervention in your life. And even if all of these other things are still here, here is a preview of the promise of things being set right. And, and that's what happens in fullness with Mary. It, it's the fullness of that promise made to Eve, not just, not just replayed and previewed in, in the bodies of women, but brought to completeness by what Mary bears in her body. It's the realization of the sign that was alluded to in our Matthew passage, right? Because that's actually a reference to Isaiah. In Isaiah, he says, this will be a sign to you, a reminder to you, a pointing to you of what God has done and is going to do, what he promised to Eve that he'll fulfill, that a woman will bear a son, and that bearing of of the indwelling presence of Christ like Paul like Todd was talking about to the children is the fulfillment of this prophecy that we've been walking around within our bodies for all of human history so what does that look like it means that she bears the hope of Israel made, made into flesh, right? She bears the Prince of Peace, like Brad talked about, who already and not yet sets up his kingdom for the flourishing and the goodness of everyone. She bears the perfect love who sets, who sets all the lonely in families, right? Who gives everyone the belonging that already belongs to him. He calls them by his name and welcomes them into his family with his perfect love. And here's the thing about it. That is true from the moment that the angel tells her, here's what's going to happen, and she says, okay the moment that that baby is conceived through the power of the spirit within her womb, the fullness of the presence of God and the completeness of his promise is true. And and our more high church friends um, talk about Mary as the theotokos, the bearer of God, the Christotokos, the bearer of the Christ. And and, and, and so here's where we're gonna get to joy, ready? In Luke one, when Mary hears the prophecy, the word there from the angel, the word, the announcement from the angel, the word there is a word of like celebration at an announcement, right? So, so joy is an announcing of something good in, in that Greek word. So, so then we have the same word again later in the chapter when Mary goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who, who is also pregnant with John the Baptist. We were going to get there. He's my favorite. Um, so Mary's pregnant with John the Baptist, and John the Baptist in utero recognizes the fullness of the promise of God made flesh and rejoices. And, and that word there means a welcoming. And so we have an announcement and a welcoming, and both of those things mean joy. I got excited. I needed a drink. Um, so here's what happens here's, here's, here's why this matters for us because we like Mary are the theotokos in our world we are the bearers of God we are the pneumotokos the, the indwelling of the spirit within us for the world and we announce the already not yet completeness of the promise of god to set all things right by him by him taking on flesh and making things as they should be and so in advent there's this waiting this pregnancy right but the promise is already full in the pregnancy and it's not yet full waiting for that pregnancy to be to be fulfilled and consummated and result in the man of jesus and that's what admin is for us it's announcing the hope and the peace and the love that has come and is still coming and waiting for it with welcoming joy and inviting others in through our announcement of that welcome Because the light of his face brightens even the darkest darkness and leads us out of it. He shines the light of himself on us and we're saved. So we go into this last week of Advent bearing Jesus with us as Mary did as a sign of joy that has come and is still to come. And that doesn't mean that there's not going to be pain through that, because, like, she's got to have a baby in the first century, (laughs) right? So it doesn't mean that there's not going to be pain with that and suffering and hardship, but it means that the joy that is already here is going to be so much more when, when the light, that fuzzy, shiny light that's not artificial but comes from his face shines on us in fullness and finality. And we get to go into the, dark, into the darkest nights of the year, right? And bear with us the light that has come and is coming. And anticipate the day when the, when the final promise of God is birthed and that kingdom of peace is set up and every hope is made full and every love is made perfect. And so we welcome that in this season. We wait for it, we want it, and we invite others into it with the welcome that's been extended to us into the family of God through the birth of a baby. Let's pray.